ears to good friends. Cheers. 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 Hmm. That's sort of an oaky afterbirth. What was that? She did tell me to uh, get a beer and some cheese fries over at Eskimo Joe's. That's very nice, lovely. I only hope you feel this way when I'm done. Because I could destroy this night in two seconds. Why is that funny? <laughs> well, I think it's a bit funny to be trying to define nothing. <laughs> Smooth as a bourbon on a summer day. Strong as a peated scotch in the winter night. This is a fair warning. The Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Slap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're going to be talking about peacemakers today. Blessed are the peacemakers. Adam Minahan here with David Niles. One on the buttons. We are sans Jim this evening, which is a threat to the studio, but we will move forward. We'll carry on our wayward son. I knew that you were going to say it. I knew that you would. Yes. I saw it coming. Dave, I think that it's time. We were like, what, 250 some odd episodes in? I have no idea. Something like that. Okay. I think it is time to tell the listeners about the time we bought guitars together. <laughs> it okay. Is, it, is, it has been too many episodes without telling this is story. Is there a reason that this, you just, I, you just I like, want to tell it and you I just... I found out my, that uh, Haley sold my guitar. <laughs> and I was like, no, <laughs> this... So we don't have matching guitars anymore. I don't think we have matching guitars anymore, no. The Est- was it Esteban? Esteban. Yes. Why don't you pour the whiskey? Okay. Uh, this evening, we're going to be... Dr- and then we'll tell, we'll tell the story, because Juan has never heard the story either, I don't believe, um, which he will enjoy as well. So I always get nervous about telling stories from when we were in college. Like, well, this one's okay. Yeah. I know it is. Yeah. But it just makes me nervous. I know. I, I understand. There's inevitably a, uh, a context... Around everything that uh, we were doing that, in college, that yes, we would not be wanting. that is embarrassing and yes. humiliating. But that's okay. It's still a funny story. So uh, this evening we're going to drink uh, Wyoming whiskey. It's a bourbon, a small batch of bourbon, um, and it is uh, the tasting notes say it's a dark amber. The nose is floral with a hint of vanilla bean and caramel pudding. Caramel pudding. I have never had caramel. I did not realize caramel pudding existed. Really? You've had they make. Pudding? My grandma used to make caramel pudding. Really? Yeah. I have never had caramel pudding. It sounds amazing. <laughs> um, and the palate says it's... Well, wait. I'll, I'll wait with the palate. And the, you know what I did have today, though? At dinner, we had a fruit salad with chocolate whipped cream on top. Ooh, that sounds awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. Was there strawberries involved? There were. Yes. Wait. Um, I don't know. Let's okay. see. Berries of some sort? It was... All my fruit was buried in the chocolate whipped cream. Mm-hmm. and Right. I, I know there were kiwis. Okay. Kiwi chocolate. Kiwi is underrated. It's good. Like it has that, it's not got a crunchy, sugary texture to it. I'm I'm, I'm a fan. It it seems like it's naturally sprinkled with sugar. Like when you eat it. True. True. Which I like. Uh, Mark Gillespie, who is the 
owner and founder of Whiskey Cask Podcast. He rated this See. one of the best bourbons he's ever had. He rated this at like what? Yeah, uh, he rated this at like ninety five. Wow. I wish you hadn't have told me that now, like yet, because now I know, I know, because now I'm hyping I'm, it up. Yeah, too much. exactly. But you that's get, why I'm over hyping something is the worst thing you can do to to anything. I agree. Yeah, but I'm just letting you know. That's why I'm excited about it because, and for that reason. Uh, we, we interviewed I am Mark, also now excited about it. We interviewed Mark Gillespie on a Whiskey 101 back in the day. I don't remember what day it was, but it was years ago. It's a Wednesday. If you just look up uh, Whiskey 101 on thecatholicmanshow.com, you can find that episode. It was really good. We learned a lot about whiskey. Yeah. Um, he's very knowledgeable. His whole life uh, with work-wise yeah. entails whiskey. So Mark had the privilege of disabusing me of a specific notion notion about blended, blended whiskeys yeah yes. blended scotches and it really was a privilege for him yes yes so we're on the lord's team the winning side so raise your glass cheers, cheers. to jesus cheers cheers so i lo- if you uh just shout out to anybody in wyoming that's listening to the catholic man show if you would like us to come to speak at maybe your parish or a men's conference in Wyoming. I would love to go see the, the I university. I would love to go to Wyoming, especially, in fact, I would do it for free I've if been, I could get a uh, hunting trip out of the deal or something like I that. Go, I go to Wyoming sometimes. Yeah, because your in-laws are, yeah. have roots yeah, so in so my Wyoming. In-law, my in-law grew up in, in Wyoming in uh, Gillette, Casper's. Gillette. Oh, okay. Casper, Casper. Casper. I thought it was Casper. It is Casper, yes. Gillette, Wyoming. It's weird totally. that I know totally different place yeah he said gillette and then i was like yeah that's it that's it i know yeah. somebody else who came from gillette but yeah beautiful wyoming is beautiful i've never been there it's i would love weird, to go because as you know like here in oklahoma we kind of have rolling hills mm-hmm. you know so like when you're driving down the highway you can just kind of see hills well our hills don't roll quite as much as wyoming's but the weird thing about wyoming is that the the hills are naked there's no trees on them oh no there's no trees um there's what I don't know if like this is the one tree in the like the, the entire interstate of the whole state, mm-hmm. but one time we passed, we were driving down the road, and there is a tree between the like no, you know westbound and eastbound interstate highway traffic that had like a k like they iron it off. like iron <laughs> like there's a tree save it defend it yeah. <laughs> and so like they literally built it wasn't like a cage. It was like more decorative than that. Right. But it was also like for that purpose. Meant to like if you accidentally drive off the road, you're not taking out this tree. This is the one we got. But there's no there's like no grass on the hill. Like the, It's just naked without shame, bro. Right. It is. No, totally. Because you can just see the rocks of the hills. Yeah. Uh there's grass. They have grass. I'm not saying we're that not there's in, no grass. We're not Don't. in Phoenix. Right. So but it's it's very beautiful. It's a beautiful country. I'd love to go. Okay. They also have a great Catholic university in Wyoming. Yes, they do. Yes. Very great Catholic university. Okay, so on the nose on this Wyoming whiskey, I have like I, I get like a mint. I get a eucalyptus. Do you? do you? I'm not getting that. See, when I nose it, I don't get anything uh, particular. Like, it's just a very See, standard I get, whiskey. I get like a eucalyptic Interesting. Uh, mint uh, mm. vanilla smell, like a eucalyptic vanilla. Is how I, mean, I would to me vanilla is you're gonna you can get that on almost any whiskey if it's not and any whiskey that's not peated anyway. Wow, that was int- that is awesome. Where'd you get this? Wow, how much is- was it? I think it was a uh, I think it was forty bucks. Are you serious? Yeah, 
You serious? Forty dollars. You serious, Clark? You serious, Clark? Yep. So the palette says it's floral with brown baking spices, wow. buttered or uh, browned butter, vanilla creme, caramel, and a hint of cinnamon. Mm. Uh, the finish is medium length, finished with toffee, spice, vanilla with a vanilla fade. This I think, is, and I think it's spot on. I think that that uh, yeah, tasting th- notes is spot this on. This is one that everybody has to go get. This is really good. Wyoming whiskey. That's that's. I try to be very honest in my assessment of is a is a whiskey worth it? Mm-hmm. This is definitely worth forty bucks. Yeah, I think it's four. I think it was uh, actually. I think it was thirty eight ninety nine. I'd probably pay fifty bucks for it. It's good. It's one of the better. Wow. It's one of the better um, like American bourbons that we've had. Is there an age statement on here? No, I, I read on one. there. I believe the uh, the last that I had read that is tip. It was typically about a five year, is what. Yeah. Uh, but th- it's unmarked. Um, but that was what. So I that means that means that that means they're just not committed to uh, a a certain Set. year, right? Right. That they might be using the same whiskeys in the same proportions, but they're letting those whiskeys. You know, okay, it's a five year. The youngest one is five years old today. Next year, it's going to be six years old because they're going to commit to that for a while. Maybe there's a there's a number of reasons why they might not have a an age statement, but yeah, because they're blending them together. That is awesome. Yes, and they're their own distiller. They don't like. They don't like ship it out to. They're not. Be, they're they're not, not buying the distributors. Juice. Yeah, so that's what I like about it as oh, well. Oh, okay. I thought there's a lot of distilleries out there who buy young, like yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Young that's whiskey. what I'm saying. Like, is that not, what you meant? Yeah, that's what I meant. Okay, I'm sorry. you said distributing it. They're not distributing, like bringing it they're in. Not, yeah, they're not bring it in and then becoming distributors. Yeah, they're not buying the juice. You know, like a lot right. of wineries will buy grape, the, the grape, grape juice, that's, and that's that's fine. Right. You, that's a legitimate thing to do, but that's to be distinguished from wineries who are growing the grapes themselves, you know, putting in all that groundwork, literal groundwork. Yes. So Dave and I were sitting there on a Saturday morning after college or in college. This is in college. In college. Yeah. And we're just flipping through the TV stations and I come across, I was on a kick of like the, what is the sales uh, station? It's like QNT or no. uh, QVC. QVC. I was like on this kick of like just kind of watching QVC. Like it was kind of mindless. I was just, kind of watching to see what everybody was selling and i was never yeah. going to buy anything yeah mike Rowe, he got a start on on qvc on qvc it was qvc or another channel that's just like, like antique yeah. roadshow or something yeah. like that yeah anyway so we're dave and i are yeah, sitting maybe it was antique roadshow it's anyway. weird that i knew that yeah uh, so dave and i were sitting there uh morning uh, on a saturday and i just flipped it on and we were just watching this and esteban beautiful guitar esteban bops up on i'm gonna have to po- i'm gonna take a picture of it and post it yeah it is, it is a beautiful it is a beautiful guitar, guitar. And we're just sitting there watching it and like pl- him playing it, you know, in his Spanish style. And it just sounds so good and it looks so good. And we're like, wow, that is a it nice is, guitar. It's, it's, it's Esteban. Yeah. He's the, and then here he, he is. And then he throws in this. And if you buy this guitar, I'm going to throw in 12, a 12 DVD set of guitar lessons for free. From me. From me. Learn how to play the guitar from Esteban. Yeah. And we we're like, what? Like you and I already knew how to play, like play the guitar. I say that very loosely, you sure. know. Sure. I mean, I like, know like other I know chords, like and, other guys in college play the guitar. Sure. So, so we're like, we're sitting there thinking, like, oh man, that's a good deal. It's only two hundred dollars for this guitar and DVDs. And but I, we were like, we'd never do yeah. this. Dave goes, if they throw in an amp, well, there was an amp in the background. If they throw in that amp, we are buying it. If, they, if that, if it's included in the two hundred dollars, we are buying this guitar. <laughs> and right after, as soon that, as he said it. And the amp is included in the $200 price. And I go, dang it, Dave. Dang it. We're going to buy it now. 
I didn't have two hundred dollars. It's okay. I have two hundred and four dollars. I didn't have I can any. Afford it. And they said it's okay. Uh, payments available. Fifty dollar payments for four months. Zero percent interest. <laughs> right. And they've talked me into it. So we had matching guitars. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan and Juan Posada. I just want to round out the, the Esteban guitar story because we did buy the guitars. I don't remember being the primary instigator behind it, but you know what? I think you're the was, primary mover of this. It was the, This was like almost 15 years ago. And so <laughs> yeah. neither of us are really going to remember the story exactly. All I know is that we did get them. It did come with an amp and cable. You know, yep. guitar cable with the it case. Was, it it had uh, a, a built-in guitar case, guitar amp. You know, like or a guitar uh, pickups were built in. Yep. I mean, it was like it was acoustic electric. Everything that you'd want, gorgeous. I mean, it really was. It, it, it had it a came, nice inlay. It it's looked beautiful. It was this black guitar with mother of pearl, at least yeah. uh, imitation mother of pearl, sure. all over with a white neck. Yeah, it's right? beautiful. Oh, it was. Except mine turned out to be a piece of crap, <laughs> and Adams was great. Like they weren't the same. His his played beautifully. Mine, the action on it had to be half an inch. You know, yeah. So like the distance between the strings and the frets was so much, it made it unplayable. Because by the time you would push this, I mean, first of all, it took an, an enormous amount of strength to. If you wanted to like do a bar chord with this thing, you had to stretch those strings so far. By the time they actually got to the frets, they were not the right notes, mm-hmm. right? And so. I still have it. It's unplayable, but it looks awesome. So, I mean, I just kind of said, I'm not going to play this. Well, anyway, the amp that was the selling point, mine mine stopped working literally after two or three weeks, okay? So, <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was pretty funny. That was funny. Your amp also went out, but it... It took a while. Le- you got a overall better a better set of stuff you got a better set of junk than i did yes, you know what i mean no doubt. and your guitar actually wasn't junk it was really a decent it was a very uh very playable guitar anyway this, this segment is not brought to you by esteban although esteban hit us up i'd love to get one of your guitars i'd like you to fix the one i have <laughs> that we bought 15 years ago this episode is, or this segment is brought to you by the catholic woodworker go to the catholicwoodworker.com they have a special deal right now on bundles of rosaries if you are in on exodus 90 right now you want to get guys uh your group of guys some rosaries your men's group uh rosaries they have a bundle right now where if you buy i think three five or ten you get percentages off and then if you throw on tcms you get an extra 10 percent off so nice uh go to the catholic 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 you can get your uh uh exodus 90 group some solid rosaries mm. so uh dave this episode we're talking we're going to talk about peacemakers what they do to this whiskey to make it so good it is it, it's very good we are talking about peacemakers today sorry it's just that's okay. It's just a good bottle. It is. It's very good. It's um, hard for me to really describe, actually. With when creating peace, you a lot of times, especially in your household, you have to get creative. Yeah. Uh, especially with little kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm assuming also with older kids as well, and the creativity has to be exponentially higher. Yeah, I don't know. Because my expectation is that we'll be able to use more logic than creativity. Know, like, yeah, just. 
slow. I hey, sure let's hope so. Slow down and let's just I sure, I play sure out hope the so. situation here yeah, with kids. A lot of it, a lot of the piece is about redirecting. Yes. Oh, sleight of hand almost. Right. Oh, you're really sad about. Did you see the new toy over there? Right. You know. Yeah. All of a sudden, peace is restored. But you have to have peace within the home. Uh, as yeah. as the uh, the leader of your family, you need to make sure that there is order in your house. Strive, strive for peace. Yeah, it doesn't really come from redirecting to, to new toys. That's right. a that's a tactic. Pseudo. That's a tactic. It's not a, like a, a an approach. Right. Or whatever. I think people know what I'm trying to say. One of the things that I wanted to talk about uh, for the gear today, we've talked about board games in the past. I, I actually that was actually going to be my man gear was the board games yeah because we've been playing more board games as a family recently okay um but i realized oh we already talked about that so let's talk about uh card games or uh card games slash board games really just family activities that um instill unity within the family and still everybody playing together coming together uh be having the family come together as one to participate in something okay one of the things that I grew up with was uh, my family was really into playing hearts and spades card games go- growing up. Yeah. I love spades because it is very uh, strategic. You know, you, you, you play cards to set up other people. It's like, if I play this card, you just, like, you know now, here's the card that I have. Here's right. how you play the card in return. Especially if you play on teams. Well, that's how you play spades. Okay, there's another... V- hearts is what you're thinking of, I think. No, I'm not thinking of hearts. Whereas, thinking about bridge? No, no, not bridge. But it's just like spades, except, you know, you, you you call out your tricks in the beginning, and you don't have to play it on a team. You can play it solo. I've never played spades solo. I've only played it on teams. Yeah, you can play it by yourself. I would assume it, they, you probably could, yeah, might, but they, it's not as fun. It wouldn't be near as fun, because you... Well, like, it's, it how up, do you play Neil? How do you go Neil? Nil. It's nil, by the nil. way. I know in the Minahan household you it's guys say nil, but the word How do you go is, nil? How do you go nil then? You just get no you get no spades. Yeah. You pick up no spades. Anyway, so like there's it's it plays like hearts. It's like hearts except with the strategy of spades, because you have to you have to hmm. decide ahead of time mm-hmm. how many tricks you're gonna get. You know, if you don't get that many tricks, you get penalized big time. Big time, All right. So I mean, you, the, you can play it either way. The reason why I brought it up, though, is because I have fond memories of playing even late into the night, uh, yeah. at like n- midnight, one o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. playing games with my family, playing spades with my family. Right. And it was just a time that we all got to get get together. Of course, it was before cell phones, which is weird to say. Yeah. But we all got a chance to just like play together, laugh together, uh, have fun together, and it was just like good, like leisure time together yeah uh, and so like as we're as we're talking about peacemakers talking about order talking about unity talking about you know making sure that we as a fam, you know as a as the leader of your family making sure that your household is uh together and in, in unity and working together that i thought well it'd be cool to talk about different games that we could play that would that would be that would cultivate that yeah yeah, so a, a lot of people are going to disagree with you on this. A lot of people are going to say, look, if we want to maintain peace in the household, the last thing we're going to do is play a game. Some kind of yeah, okay. some kind of aggression okay. or like some kind of competitiveness. Let me tell you, the last time we played a game in our house, we said, hey, game night, it's going to be fun. People ended up screaming at each other and not talking to each other for three days. 
you know that's Haley, that's Haley's response when, when Haley first so funny story when Haley it, it, like for, when we first got married I was like hey let's go over to my parents house we'll play spades she'd never played spades before in her life and like I just set her up terrible it was just a terrible job on my part yeah to, to let her know hey like, like we play serious like this is like a competitive thing she'd never played before so but you're gonna need to be good but you're gonna need to be good right you know and it was just it was just and i felt so bad for her because i realized halfway through this like this is not fun for her she's stressing yeah like uh so you're right there's that's some people not, that's not her that's not her moment no she doesn't like yeah no no so like that's like uh i realized that that's not going to be somebody somebody like for instance tonight we played a game we played something that's kind of like Jenga, but it's for like little kids, okay. and it ended with uh, two boys crying, Anna yelling, and mom dominating. And so it was like, oh, this is supposed to be fun. Like everybody's like not having fun. Like nobody is having fun here. Yeah. You know. But uh, I still think, even if this is the case, like, even if it's quote unquote not fun at that time, I still think you'll have fond memories of it yeah. looking back. Well, okay. It's this is a terrible analogy this what? is maybe the worst analogy i've ever used on the show i used candy as uh yeah, analogy was, for grace was, was it grace really bad this one but might Tim be worse Staples. this one might be worse i was gonna say <laughs> that i'm glad to be it's sort of like suffering yeah it's sort like, of like it's like candy. yeah taking away candy was like suffering of mary yeah and that was the analogy that i used with tim staples yeah so i'm glad to be dethroned go yeah. ahead please uh, i was gonna say that it's sort of like getting spanked okay <laughs> you might not like it but as an adult, everybody, every single adult brags about the, like, the whoopings that they used to get. You know what I mean? Like, they go, oh, there was this one time, you know, and they're like, tell the story. And they like, it's like a glory story for them. You know, like, they... Well, it's like uh, our Catholic man show camp out. Every time it has terrible yeah, weather, we talk of. about it. So, I mean, that's a really bad analogy that for, like... terrible. Uh, but I will tell you that we actually played a game at our house this evening. Okay. It's called, like, Find It. I can't... I do not remember the name of this game. It's actually a pretty good game. I even enjoy it. I have found it. that it's very hard to find games for like our, our boys are getting old enough, you know, to play. Let me tell. Let me games. tell about my game. I first. know, but I found it's hard to find good games for the family at this age. Well, so I think I'm the interested. game is called Find It or so. it, the thing is, it's a Disney game. Okay. Okay. But you have all these cards that have like scenes from all of these different Disney movies, and then on the back is a picture like of a barrel or a wheel or a number or and so. When you flip it over, everybody has to find that thing in one of the cards that they have. Okay, and the first one to find it, you know, oh, good. And they flip their card over in the middle, and there's another picture there. And so the first one to use it, you know, be out of cards is the winner. Um, and I, it's pretty fun, really. Uh, so tonight, I came in first. Lady Pamela came in second. So we both we both destroyed all of our children. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Just so you guys it a, know. It was a lot of fun. Just so you guys know. That's how it is around here. Okay. <laughs> Don't even for a second. It's called Find Me? Or find I, no, it? it's not called. That's not what it's called. But it's like, can you find it or... Okay. It, we used to play uh, um, Sequence. Have you ever, did you ever, ever yeah. play Sequence? Sequence is good. We play Sequence a let lot. Me, let me give you a little tip. Okay. Do not ever, under any circumstances, play a game called Quirkle with Lady Pamela. Okay. Just Good don't know. do it. I won't. You will not win. There is. I've noticed. I'm a game person, right? And I cannot beat her. I'd at be that interested game. to hear what other guy, other people are playing, because I know that people are playing more board games now with yeah. uh, being kind of quarantined at times and things. You know, having to come become creative. Okay. Uh, 
Settlers of Catan. Very good. Ticket to Ride. Also very good. Did you play Stratego when you were a kid? I never played Stratego. I played... You've been playing... Juan's been playing it with, with Santi. Stratego's a good one. Also chess. Chess is a teach, good one. Teach your children chess. I gotta get Luke. I gotta teach Luke. He's... Yeah. Why don't, hey, why don't you let me do it, okay? Be the worst. <laughs> we'll be back. All right, welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. We're sitting here sipping on a Wyoming whiskey, a delicious bourbon. Highly recommend it. It's only 40 bucks. We talked about how you could potentially create peace or actually chaos. At the end of this segment, I thought... Yeah, we, peace or murder. Yeah, you may it may not actually create any kind of peace, but more chaos. But So we're talking about uh, Blessed Are the Peacemakers. We're talking about peace today, something that uh, hit me. I was actually nervous about this episode because it was my turn... Nothing inspirational had been hitting me. I went to adoration, you know, thinking like, oh, this is typically when I get my yeah. the ideas, and nothing hit me, nothing like persuaded me. And then this morning, like this this is, morning, this morning. Oh wow! Okay, yes. yeah, this morning is when I decided. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. Yes, exactly. This is what we'll, we will talk about today. So I was thinking about obviously we need peace in today's culture. Well, it's I, I told you. You know, when I got here, I was actually going to do peace next, next week. Yes, but it's going to be my turn anyway because you did two in a row, so I'll do two in a row to give. Oh, really? Yeah, we well, okay. did two. I mean, so. it's all one topic, but yeah. okay. Um, so, hey, I will let you. Yeah, do not get me wrong. So, you know, Jesus says, "Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God." Yeah. And so, if we're, so I'm, th- I'm sitting here thinking about, okay, how does this work? You know, he's calling us to be peacemakers. Uh, we're participating right now in the divine sonship. When you come, when you are peacemakers, you're participating in the divine sonship. Divine sonship here yeah. on earth. Our goal is to to participate in the divine sonship, which is eternally. different from the mothership. Yes, sonship. Good. The sonship is Good different from the mothership. Right. Good distinctions. Thank you. And so he's talking about obviously to to create peace with. It, uh, around here and then and then he's also saying that we all should be one you know he's pray he prays right before yeah unity you know, and peace are, the, you, it, are they're almost synonyms yeah well almost yes almost they're not but they overlap a whole, whole lot. lot when you get down into it mm-hmm. you you find that well you have peace when you have unity right so what i wanted to talk with you about today is like trying to understand how do we be peacemakers in today's world Without giving up uh, our Christian principles and fa- the, our Christian foundation in this world, because yeah. sometimes I, I relate to peacemakers as people who are just like trying to make everybody okay, like happy in the room, right. which is not what we're called to do. Because we're called right. to evangelize, right? It's, when Jesus converted people, he didn't just say, uh, "You know, your sins are forgiven," but he goes, "Sins, you know, go and sin no more." You know, he doesn't just meet people where they are, but he then gives them a way out of how they are living and right. say, repent and believe in the gospel. And so, how do we, in this tumultuous, craziness world, create peace without giving up our principles, without yeah. giving up our foundation and, and being, uh, you know, just doormats, basically? Yeah, so this is a hard one because I, I, I can just speak for myself. Right now, 
a lot of my thoughts are dominated by the political climate. Right, and I mean, there's and so many it's things. it's hard for me to desire peace. Um, I know that there are a lot of people who are ready for war, you know, who, who are saying, no, we need, you know, ad- we need to stand up for the truth. We need to fight back, you know, and so peace is not the thing that is on of the minds of so many people. Okay, so right now, peace is kind of hard to think about. But if we just look at what peace is and what it isn't, so let's take two scenarios. One, you have, you know, the, everybody knows those people who are always the calming influence on a, you, you know, they're the de-escalators. So mm-hmm. that's what I want to compare, de-escalation to peace, because they're not the same thing. You know, just trying to calm people down that is not peace. Mm-mm. It's that might just it's just de-escalation is all it is. Okay, so on the one hand, you have someone de-escalating, trying to hey, you know, why don't we just you know calming both people down? Uh, the person who's pursuing peace helps both parties come to a recognition of the truth. Okay, so that is only because de-escalation. Neither side is going to apologize. Neither side is going to say. I mean, it can be assumed in a confrontation, one side is wrong. Just Let's just assume that that mm-hmm. is the case. There obviously are situations where both sides are wrong and neither side is wrong, and you just have misunderstandings, right? But let's just, for the sake of discussion, mm-hmm. one side is wrong, okay? That side needs to realize that they're wrong and apologize, and only then do you have peace. Mm-hmm. Only then, because... Until that happens, you still have a feud. It's below the surface, do you which think makes that, it worse. Do you think that there's there are times where we want to be so we want to be right so much? I, here's yes, I, I already know what you okay. I know, I already know the the question, and the answer is yes. Yes, I think that there's times that we insert like how we feel so much that we we throw them off track. We throw them off of like really what the main purpose is, and it we we just we want to insert like everything that we want to say and do and it doesn't it's not meaningful in in where we're actually trying to get to right and uh that's something that i think that i struggle with is uh, and it creates division selfishness right and pride is it's like it's like okay i know you believe in this thing but let me give you let me talk to you about this 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 and this to lead to this and none of this really matters like let's just talk about what your uh, subject is, and then and we, we can go from there. So let me just give you an example of this in my own life. Um, there's a, someone that I know whose wife was, was ill, and so I started praying for her every day. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell the guy that we know, that I know, that I was doing that, but I was. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was happy to do it. For some reason, I just all of a sudden felt called to do that, and I was. Um, and I was spending a significant amount of time in prayer every day for this, for, for this, for this woman. And then one day I sent a text message to the guy asking how she was doing and he never responded. And, you know, all of a sudden when he did that, I lost, it, it kind of lost, I lost my peace about it, you know, and mm-hmm. I felt, uh, I, I was offended. Right. Here I am dedicating time, time every day in, in for someone that like, I don't have to pray for, right? right? And I was mad about it for almost a day before I just like really started praying about the fact that I was mad. I became myself reflecting upon myself, right? And 
and then I, I prayed about it, and then immediately I realized, like, his wife is, like, maybe dying, and yeah. I'm mad that he didn't respond to my text message. Right. You know, like, oh, like, I am the most important part of his life. Like, he doesn't have more things going on right. that are more important than my text message. Right. Like, because I deserve a personal update mm-hmm. because I sent him, a, you know, because I asked for it, you right. know? And so, it's just, it was my selfishness mm-hmm. and my pride, my self-centered ego right. that stole my pride from me or it stole my peace from me Mm -hmm. um and it was a humiliating uh yeah and really a great it became a grace-filled moment because i learned a lesson Mm -hmm. you know and i'm now happy to share share that lesson with everyone but uh that's just i'm so susceptible to stuff like that you know um i think everybody is Mm -hmm. where we because we focus on ourselves you know something happens in traffic you, you know, like it can be the thing is it's often something very little yeah meaningless that takes your that you allow your peace to be taken so if you you know we talk about this you that the principle you cannot give what you do not have we talk about this a lot so if you don't become a, a person who learns to resign yourself mm-hmm. to the will of god then you will never be a peacemaker you have to have peace in order to give peace mm-hmm. yeah no i agree i yeah absolutely and i think that so, the, division, like you know, division is the big is a big part of like how I think the devil works to create chaos, to create yeah. uh, unrestlessness. Fact, the word diabolic means to divide. Yeah. Okay. It comes from the word a Greek word diabolin, which means to divide. Okay. Yeah. That I mean that makes sense. Like uh-huh. to div- to divide. And I I was just thinking like okay, so right before you know Christ. You know, is about to go into his passion. He prayed that we would all be one. Right. You know, that was like it was like okay. God gave him the opportunity. Said like, now is your time. I know that you've you you've given everybody, you know, given everybody uh, a vision of me. Now, what do you want to pray for before you go through your passion? And what does he do? Is he prays that we would all be one? Yeah, these are almost like you know, before you before someone's executed, they're allowed like. A last, a last statement. Right. You know, like, any a, final words. These are almost Jesus's final words. They're not his actual final words, but right. he's there with the Father in prayer. Mm-hmm. And, what, it's, and he prays that we all be one. It's one of the last things he says in prayer. And so I was just thinking like, okay, as a dad, like you, you build up your family, you build your family, you build your atmosphere. Now think about, let's say uh, Elizabeth goes, and, like she would never do this. She's Awesome. But let's just say hypothetically, she, she goes in and starts saying like, you know what? Let's just stop talking to Mary. Telling all the siblings, let's just stop talking to, to Mary. Mm-hmm. And divides divides the family up into, you know, quarantining Mary basically right. from the family. Sides. Teams. Sides, yeah. Teams. And you, as a father, you're like, what is my, what is my family doing? Why are, they, why are they doing this? Now you have Bernadette, though, that comes back and says, no, no, no. Let's bring Mary in. Mm-hmm. No, you know, let's right. let, let's get her. Let, let's bring her into the family. You know what, Mary, let's stop talking to Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's bring. Let's get Elizabeth, and let's all yeah. come together. Oh, yeah, sure. As a father, like, how meaningful would that be to you mm-hmm. if your if your children sure. were creating unity and not division? You know, Luke is is phenomenal at that. This is like creating unity and not yeah. division. Luke is such a good kid. He is. He's he's a great kid. It's probably because he's my godson. I mean, I'm just it's gonna throw, probably your prayers. Throw that out there. 
Probably probably your prayers, yes. We'll see how Leo turns out with, with Juan being the it's godson. Comp- you know what? Honestly, it's a competition. It's a competition. <laughs> it definitely is. No. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you know, I, I, I'm just thinking like, you know, God desires us all to be one. Just as, you know, as a father, I desire my family to be one. Like one of the best things that I could think about. Right. You know, on my deathbed. If they desire that for them, how much more, more does, does he, he desire, desire that for us? For us? Yeah. And as Catholic men, I think that we have a duty and obligation to show unity and to build up the kingdom of God. Which we'll talk about on the other side of the break. Yeah. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan, Juan Posada on the buttons, everyone. Just give him a round of applause in your car, wherever it is that you're listening to this. Just thank you, thank you. That's enough. Not too much. He doesn't need it. To Juan. To Juan. It was to Juan. Okay. You just said, "Let's give a round of applause," and then you didn't say to who. I oh. I didn't know if it was going to be to you. Oh, I'm or sorry. To... I you're right because I was looking at him. But that doesn't and for the, for translate the podcast very well. audience. Right. So that was for Juan. It wasn't for me. So if you would like to give four claps to Juan. Because you were giving some to me, which is also right and just. Um, go ahead. Okay. We're drinking a little bit of Wyoming whiskey, which is just incredible. Right. I just am really loving it. Um, and we're talking about peace. Yes. Okay, so uh, the devil, one of his best games is the divide and conquer game, right? Is to separate people, uh, make them feel lonely, make them yeah. feel like that they can't, that they're the only ones right. struggling with whatever it is. That's, I mean, like in the garden, the first thing he did was try to divide. I mean, he's trying he, to divide you from God. Right. That's And, and then he divided... Adam and Eve against themselves, right. right. Yeah. So She did it. He did it. And let's be fair, she did do it, okay? But it's his fault. But he was there. And it's his fault. And he should have done something. So so this is the game, you know, the the devil plays, and he's really good at it. And then so what happens is is, is that tribalism forms, right? Because you you get into these think tanks of almost like the exact exact same thoughts, the exact same things that you're going through, and uh, you don't hear anybody else's side of the story. You don't hear any other ideas or yeah, thoughts I mean, or processes every social media platform only shows you the posts that it thinks that you will like right and i actually looked up exactly what tribalism was okay. because you know i have an idea i know what tribalism is but i'm just curious on what the definition is right yeah and it said that tribalism is an attitude and practice of harboring such a strong feeling of loyalty or bonds to one's tribe that excludes or even demonizes those others who do not belong in to that group okay so I like this definition. The first half was okay, you right? Know, like, okay, so okay, so I like this definition for one. For, for the main reason is because Christianity, because you can't be a Christian and be in tribal experience tribalism because Christianity is for everybody. You yeah. can't demonize people for not being part of your group because Christianity is for everybody. Yeah, but the first part says strong feelings of loyalty. That's awesome. You one should feel strong feelings of loyalty to like. The, the the group whether it's your country or your family your family or your company NFL whatever. team I mean right. like that's okay to feel be very, it's okay to be loyal right yeah because and I I mean I have these notes. it's important to surround yourself with people who hold the same values as you do that build you up but it's not okay yeah. insofar to exclude other people from from being a part of the group because Christianity is not an exclusive club. Right. It's for everybody. Jesus says, "Go and baptize all nations." Right, and so it is an exclusive set of beliefs, but it is not excluded to, to any anybody. set of people. Right. right. 
which is important. But I think that exclusivity is like so, exclusivity is one of the most important things, and also one of the worst things, right? When applied rightly and wrongly. Yeah, no, I agree. So, I, but I think so. I think that you know. So, if God wills us all to be one, how are we as Christians? Christian men doing this, right? How are we building up the kingdom? How are we creating peace without giving up our principles? Because, you know, it is it is effeminate and, and not okay to just surrender what you believe in uh, to make peace with other people. You right. know, the, the Battle of Lepanto is a prime example of this, right? right. You know, so like, I, I'm, not, I'm not in any way saying we should water down our faith or that we should, be, right. you know, belittle our beliefs in any way, because shape, or form. Because then you're just a de-escalator. Exactly. But peace is about helping both sides arrive at the truth. At the truth. So that reconciliation can take place. Right. So how are we doing this? So really what it comes down to is how, how are we showing Christ, how, how are we in charity showing Christ to other people? Yeah. How are we being charitable to other people? And because it's a whole thing, you know, I know it's cliche, but I, I think it still is appropriate, you know, People don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. It is cliche, but it's profoundly true. It's just true. It is profoundly true. And so, how are we cultivating, you know, how are we, everybody is, even though the divisions have happened in political scale and the church scale and your family scale, whatever it is, the, the reason why they're divided, though, is because that they feel like, and whether they're right or wrong, whether their emotions are fueling it or not, but they feel like this is the, the way to the truth. This is the best thing that we can do as a society, community, whatever it is. Yeah. So if we think, if we take a step back and we realize, listen, you want the best just like I want the best. Right. Just because you think that this isn't the best, my way, doesn't mean that you still don't want the best. Right. And that's why it's so important to have it, like try to make sure that emotions aren't yeah, high, the, and so your appetites are under control. The profound thing to keep in mind is that there's a difference between, you know, we we don't demonize people, but we do demonize ideas. Some ideas are demonic, mm-hmm. and this is what the left can't figure out. Okay, <laughs> right. This is- I'm kidding. That is true, but I'm also just make I'm I'm being I'm making it funny. It was a funny right. uh, because. I'm making fun of another tribe, but um, but really, that's what we have to remember. All people do this, that mm-hmm. they conflate the person with their ideas. Yes, right. And, oh, you have bad ideas, therefore you're a bad person. And, A, just because you think an idea does, is bad doesn't mean it is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a rational debate needs to be had. From both, and, and you know, both sides public need to... discourse needs to right. happen. The thing is, the discourse never takes place anymore. Right. It's all about, uh, you know, political lines and catchphrases. Right. And that's that's the extent of everything. So, so here, here's... It's very, it makes it very challenging. It's a challenging environment right. in which to bring peace about. So here's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about, like, how do I cultivate peace? How do, you know, how do I be the peacemaker? Because obviously, Christ demands of it of us, you yeah. know, to be peacemakers without, you know, how did he do it? How, you know, how do you do it without giving up your principles? And so I think that we just need to be more charitable. I think that we need to figure out, I think I was thinking about this the other day is like, man, I haven't, what if I could just do one charitable thing for somebody else every yeah. single day? Let's and, try to be more specific because like okay. being so, charitable is a, I was just thinking, it's a very broad, so I was thinking it, about it's like, hard to know what that means sometimes. Yeah. So I was thinking, 
you know what? I didn't do anything for my next door neighbor uh, for Christmas. There's one. There's one next door neighbor. I didn't do anything. I didn't touch base with them. I didn't, you know, send, like drop off cookies. I didn't say. I didn't give them a Christmas card. I didn't do anything mm-hmm. for you Christmas. Are, you're a bad person. I am a bad person. We yeah, did, we did take cookies to all of our neighbors. Yeah, and so it's like, but that was one. That's a touch that I, I don't know had. who brought them to you, but like, yeah, I didn't get you're, any. You're like a couple houses. I'm away. like two houses away. <laughs> like really far. Right. Okay. Uh, but you know, so like it's it's the. Uh, bringing donuts into to, to the office it's the you know just just yeah. doing charitable things to that sets you apart from the the average person it's the uh, opening up the doors it's the saying thank yous it's the the politeness it's it's the uh understanding the dignity of the other person and and not just being engulfed in what you're thinking about yeah because you know in first peter 315 when he talks about you know give a, a defense uh be, be ready to give a defen- defense to anybody in it, but he says, uh, because of the hope that is within you. So it presupposes that there is hope that within you. That you have hope within you, right. And so hope is something that we've got to have, t- you know, today, it, very much so, I think, in, in, in today's world, and something that is desperately needed. And yeah. so how are we, as as Christian men, giving that example of Jesus Christ to other people? Uh, Jose Maria Escriva said, you know, uh, May your life be as such that every every man who sees you says this man reads the life of Christ. Mm. Yeah. I ha- just for the record, I have read that book, the way or no, the Bible, the, the life of Christ. Oh, the life of Christ by Thomas Akempis. Is okay. that is that what he's talking about? No, or? no, he means the gospel. I've read those two. <laughs> you cover both bases. Okay, but so so that's what I'm thinking. Like, okay, how do we as 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 Catholic men? Create peace out without giving up our fundamental, uh, you know, Christian foundation, but yet still stand firm and, and create peace. It, yeah. it, I think it goes back to love. You know, and this this is like the cliche. It's like loving everybody else, but you have to be intentional about it. Yeah, and I think you have to be specific in like. And I'm struggling. Like this I is. Know what like, you mean. I'm like, talking this through with you have to because love everybody. Str- you have to love people. Because I'm struggling with sometimes, it. You know, like I'm just trying to figure out how to do it myself. And sometimes, so, literally, people don't know what that means. Right. You know. So I think that we have to focus on like things like humility, and training yourself to let go of this world. Mm-hmm. You will not have peace until you are not attached to this world. Mm-hmm. Any attachment that you have to this world is something that will rob you of your peace. For instance, I mean, just look at the the politics right now. This is a great example. If you mm-hmm. think that like the country of America needs to keep going as it has been in its glory days, and like you're attached to that, then you are that that is something that is a, a way that you can have your peace taken from you when you realize things come and go. Right. Great countries have existed and fallen throughout the the millennia of history. And like as far this country too will come and go. As Father Bro- Brian Brooks said, our, our pastor at St. Benedict said today in his homily, he said, when you when you take something like that and place it before God, there's an idolization. And that is like right. you know, that's against the first commandment. It's only when we train ourselves. I mean, like literally, I've done this before in prayer, and it's like a little bit scary to do, but thinking about what if all of my children were killed today in a tragic car accident, you know, like, and just, I, I'm not, I don't want that to happen, 
obviously. Right. Uh, and I'm not praying that it, you know, does so that it, I'm not doing anything crazy, but it's just like thinking about that and, and just saying, Lord, even in that moment, I would trust in you. Well, Aquinas talks about how, like, even if everything is going chaotic in your life, you can still have the peace of knowing, of thinking about divine things instead of uh, right. earthly things. So just training yourself to to let go of the world, you will have peace, and then you can give that peace to other people. Right. So we'll continue this conversation on YouTube. If you're listening to the radio, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. Okay. Good. Get it. I love questions. Yes. I, I, let me. Re- I'll read it one so that everyone on the podcast can hear us. Uh, John Mote says, Mastering your emotions seems important to creating peace. If that's hard, what do you do to create peace? Well, um, silence. You learn to master your emotions. Uh, it, and that is hard. It, that is hard for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's. Certainly, it's easier for some than others. Some people have a uh, disposition. You know, some people are not as emotional. They're not as passionate about, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, in those things. They're not as angry. You know, some people just have anger. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not, it's not their fault. You know, it's not like, oh, well, you shouldn't be so angry. You know, like. Right. Um, so it's, that is certain. There's no doubt that this is easier for some than others. But if you have trouble, if it's hard, you need to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. You need to master your emotions. Um, and if your passions are causing you to sin, then you need to address it. You, shouldn't, you should not continue through life saying, this is just something that I struggle with. You know, you, right. and so like, if that means going to counseling, you go to counseling. If it means going to spiritual direction, you go to spiritual direction. If it means doing... X, I mean, like, whatever it is, right? self-mastery is what we're all called to. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking very hypocritically right now, because I don't struggle with my emotions, like, boiling out of control, but I struggle with other forms of self-mastery that, you know... Uh, sure. You know, staying yeah, disciplined we, in other parts of my life, right? We all do, yeah. yeah. So, but that's what we're all called to, and it is hard. And you should expect it to be hard. It will be hard. You do it anyway. Well, and your prayer life. Your prayer life is like you increase your prayer life. You you get your your, your appetites under control. You get your emotions under control. Right. Yeah. The saints have really laid out uh, uh, ways you, of mental prayer. Right, you mentioned you mentioned appetites. The the saints have laid out very clearly. And I wish I could be more specific when I say the saints. I mean, I think Saint Teresa of Avila has talked about some of this, but. I, I don't really remember. But, you know, there are certain aesthetical practices to counter. You know, so if you're struggling with lust, you you practice fasting. Mm-hmm. If you're struggling with other things, Anger, you're, you, you know, do. like... Chari- yeah. Right, exactly. There are There is a, uh, a counter virtue. There, there's vice. a virtue to counter every vice. Just mm-hmm. like there's a vice to destroy every virtue. There, yeah, there's two vices actually to destroy every virtue. Are there? Yes. Because the virtue is in the middle. There's uh, extremes of either oh. side. Yes, you're right. Yes. Well played. Yes. Check me. High five. No, I'm just checking. No, so yeah, no, I agree. And so I think that prayer life is the best way to keep it. Because uh, your emotions sometimes can get, uh, it, it, uh, it can make your reality, it can deceive your reality, it can like 
Absolutely. You know, it can make your... Uh, what the, I mean, what's the word I'm trying to... It can to, distort. 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 Thank you. Yes, I mean, think about is, the story I told today where, yes, like, gosh, here that I was, was exhausting trying to figure out the d- distort. Dude, oh, man. Ugh. We've both been kind of struggling with words today. Words are hard. Words are hard. But, you know, my story today, I was, I was like, praying and really was doing some work. I mean, it wasn't, you know, spending uh, a, a while in prayer every day. Mm-hmm. That's not nothing. Right. And, you know, so I was doing something, you know, and to me, I felt like when I checked in with somebody in this situation, I was going to get an answer because, like, I was doing work on their behalf, you know, and that was just my own emotions distorting reality. Mm -hmm. And and so it, it happens all the time with everything. To become dispassionate is to become unhuman uh and is it's you know to like separate yourself from your emotions is not possible so we need to learn to control them so that we can interpret reality correctly and i think a lot of that once again comes i keep coming back to attachments Mm -hmm. if i'm not attached to your to something i'm not i'm not attached to your computer here on the desk right and something terrible, unjust, could happen to happens it. to that computer. I don't really care. I care because it affects you, right? But in as much as it strictly affects the computer, I don't care at all. It's very easy to find out what your children are attached to because you know why? Just take it away and see how they react, or threat, or even just threaten, threaten to, take to take it, it away. away. Right? You know, it's like okay, uh, no more sc- movies, no more. Uh, music whatever it is yeah no more uh treats no more sugar no more candy no more juice whatever it is one of my children lost their sticker privileges for a week today Mm. Mm, that's tough yeah anna Anna lost her uh i don't want to embarrass her she what let's just say one of your daughters yeah (laughs) (laughs) and it receives a treat every time she does something very good for a specific a specific thing that she's working on. Yeah. So like I, I we are rewarding her for something that she struggles with handily. Uh, and so like when she practices virtue of some kind, when she practices the virtue mm-hmm. of some kind, uh, we reward her mightily. However, have you thought about the fact that our kids will probably listen to this podcast? Yes. Like when they're, when they're yeah, grown. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think about that too. I think it's awesome. I think it's hilarious because dad, they're going to be like, dad is ridiculous, but it's going to be at least something they're going to say, like, at least he, I, I know, you know dad, he loves Jesus. At least he tried. You know, the thing about dad is that. He tried. At least he tried. He was trying. Because you know, and like, I'm sure by the time they're it's grown. It's clear that this he will not loves be, his faith. It won't be available on the internet anymore because. Whatever we're doing, I don't know. Because there will be nothing true left on the internet by that time. Yeah, everybody but, will be <laughs> shut down. Right. We'll, we'll be we'll have been deplatformed long, long ago, ago. Yeah, but we have been saving hard copies of everything in the meantime, so they can they'll be able to listen to. So it. I think I, so again. I, so I, I'm going back because I think it's important that we we make sure that we have a strong prayer life. And like, man, this is like I hate I like when I was preparing this episode, I was I I, I had really good questions, and like I know what the answers are already because they're the answers of almost every question that we have on the show. It's G- like Jesus. It's Jesus. It's make, have a strong prayer life. It's thinking about others. It's loving others. 
uh, more than yourself, you know, or as yourself. It's you know, it's all it's the commandments, the beatitudes, it's everything that we're t- that we've talked about. Yeah, uh, and that's the answer. But how it's come like, the answer is never the Holy Spirit, though? That's what I want to know. Like, because he, he's the one working through you. Why are we hating on the Holy Spirit? I'm no one is. I feel like we are. I'm not. I feel like he's the redheaded I feel like stepchild. You have, a, you have a guilty conscience. I feel like we always talk about Jesus, and like Jesus is over here, like guys, the Holy Spirit. I told you that I'm descending. The Holy I, Spirit I have upon to. Him. I have to uh, like leave you so that something greater can come. I do want to ask everybody to, as we're wrapping up, I do want to ask everybody to pray for us this week, if you possibly can, because we are going on a retreat this weekend. Yes. yes. To Clear Creek, a much yeah, we'll new be retreating while like while you hear this. Uh, most likely yes we'll yeah. be we'll be on retreat assuming you're up on the up on your podcast i'm really excited to go because i, I like, i'm also the, very excited the liturgy we're to, the we're hours clear creek we're gonna i'm gonna essentially strive to live the life of a monk so we'll be getting i'll be getting up at like four in the morning i don't know when they get up i think it's 4 30 it's, it's 4 30 yeah, okay fourth one says 4 30 so they get up really early they they pray they go to bed kind of early though too so it's all right I'm like, I am not going to do all the work that like throughout the day, like a lay monk does. Uh, I don't know if that's oh, what you're, you're going a lay, to do. A lay brother? No, or, I'm going to live the life of a choir monk, not a lay brother. Okay. I just wasn't sure which one you were yeah, talking so, about. Yeah, that's a good distinction. So the for people who don't know, we're talking about Clear Creek Abbey, which is a Benedictine monastery. It's a Benedictine abbey, actually. Um it's where we host the Catholic Man Show. Yes, exactly. And they are—they exist in the traditional form. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't do the, like, 2 a.m. Like, Benedict and hey. his monks would get up in the middle of the night and pray, go back to bed. They don't do that one. But they do get up. They do everything else. It's all in Latin. But that's not as important. What, I, what I'm trying to say is that they have choir monks and they have lay brothers. The choir monks do some work throughout the day, but it's not a whole lot. Most of their time is devoted to study and prayer. Really, they are their vocation is prayer mm-hmm. uh, and the contemplative life. Whereas in the liturgy, the le- in the liturgy, yes, in the liturgy, that's that is a big part. And the lay br- the lay brothers also participate in a huge amount of prayer throughout the day, more than you do. Right. Like as whoever you are, as the listener, and me, and you, and me, right? I mean, maybe there's one or two of you out there in podcast land who pray more than these guys, but I doubt it. You know, uh, but then the rest of the, they do a lot of the work throughout the day. Really, they do almost all the work so that the choir monks can pray. And I'll tell you, as just someone who's in the diocese of Tulsa in Eastern Oklahoma, where Clear Creek Abbey resides, it, I cannot tell you how peaceful i get a sense of peace knowing that these monks are here praying mm-hmm. every day of their life and will be until the end of time yes in in a hundred years from now these monks so how are you because pl- we be haven't talked about this how are, you, how are you playing the the retreat so i'm gonna go to confession in advance okay Ooh, that's a good idea I'm gonna do that. I thought well. about, ooh, I'll go to confession while I'm there. I said, no, no, I'm going to. Fi- I'm, I'm gonna go before I get That's there. A great idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, and then I have. I like your prep work thus far. And then that is it. <laughs> That's all no, you thought about. I think that's important. That's all. That's <laughs> all I have. After that, 
I just, I'm going to be there. My plan. I, I have no plans beyond that. I'm just going to let what happens happen. Okay. I'm going to receive from the Lord the things that he desires for me to receive. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to receive the things that he doesn't want me to receive. I'm going to eat when food is put in front of me. Mm-hmm. I will not eat when it's not put in front of me. Mm-hmm. I will pray when I'm told to pray. I will, you know, like, mm-hmm. that's going to be it. I'm just going to be there and let it happen. I love it. Yeah. My plan has been to hit all the liturgy of the hours. Uh-huh. And then... I am going to do that. Which is a lot. The choir monk. I'm going to do the... I'm going to live the life of a choir, choir monk. monk. That's... Okay. okay. I guess that's something that I am planning on doing. Like... Um, but, like, in I don't between wanna, that... I like, don't want to put myself into it. I just want to be there to try to encounter Christ. My goal is also, though, to have uh, silence, to have... Uh, be able to read, to be able mm-hmm. to journal, like, write. Yeah. And to just be able, like... To pray, read, write, eat, and like that is like yeah. what I hope for. I'm hoping to get caught up on my like some of my YouTube channels that I follow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited because as soon as I get there, I will be turning off my phone. Yeah, I haven't done a retreat, man. It's been too long for me. When is the, do you know when is the last time I did a retreat? Probably Axe. Axe. Yeah, that. Thank you. That's what it was. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. Axe Retreat for me was awesome. We, I wish we could have gone on the same Axe Retreat. Me too. Um, but I really had a great... I had a great Axe Retreat. L- looking back on the retreat, I can see how it can be done well and it can be done less than that. It can be done less than well, mm-hmm. depending on who's leading it. I had a great leader. It was not cheesy at all. It was like Solid. really good. And the fact that there's 24-hour adoration... That's what that was, I was my favorite like, part of Axe. I was, oh, me too. I had like I, I did like, like three, that's, that's three the hours missing link of adoration for me in in Curcio. Uh, you know, like Curcio, you do but as a as a table go every, do at an hour of adoration. But everybody else is doing adoration for you, right? Which is great. But they do that in Axe. Mm-hmm. Someone is always in adoration, right? But also you can go right. anytime you want, right? And so as a like, dad, was, like having three hours of uninterrupted like adoration, right. unheard of, was like. Not even a possibility. And you know, like when you do multiple hours in a row, it gets easier. It gets better and better as, as it goes along. Yeah. It, there in the first hour, mm-hmm. if you don't have a book, like don't bring a book. Don't right. don't show up like oh I've got a my spiritual reading. Don't do that. Just show up and just sit there for two or three hours, and there will be a forty-five minutes in. All of a sudden, it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And then about an an hour and 15, an hour and a half, all of a sudden, it gets really good. You know what I mean? So you have to persevere. That's at least my experience. That's your experience? That's yeah. my... Okay, that's me too. So maybe that maybe that won't be your experience, but persevere. Yes. And... I just like... so. I, it's like, just so good. Like, oh. so to wrap up, I just want everybody to love Jesus. And we got... We have to... Like, as Catholic men, it's important to strive for peace. Right. And there's no peace in this world right now. It's important to make sure that we are the peacemakers because we have the fullness of the truth. And so in order to, like, because we have the fullness of truth, uh, of the truth, we're going to have, uh, more will be held, uh, will be held more accountable because right. we have this. And it, it's important for us 
every day to strive to be peacemakers without giving up the uh, uh, the, the the truth, without giving yeah. up what we believe. Can I ask you a really tough question before we leave? Sure. Because you just said, without the truth, you can't have peace. So if you don't have truth, you cannot have peace. And I agree. I agree 100%. Let's just say we're not in America as we know it now. We're in like totalitarian, authoritarian Russia or any other country that has been authoritarian. Let's no. Let's say we are in the novel 1984. Okay. You have not read this book. I've read half of it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, audiobook. No. I have audiobooked half of it. No, I think that counts. You read as I'm an- just trying to be as As Andrew Pudua says, you read with your ears. I just want to be you, it's it gets what are you supposed to say like, "Oh, I audiobooked that." Like just say you read it. I mean, it's just so much easier to say, you know. Anyway. Um so 1984, let's say we're in that in that book. And you know, in that book, for the people who haven't read it, they're asked, they're compelled, expected to believe things that are obvious lies. Stuff like on one day, they announce on the government speaker, we're having to reduce the chocolate ration from five grams a week to three grams a week. And maybe it wasn't five to three, but it's like they had to reduce the chocolate rations mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. week. The very next week, they talk about some great victory they have, which is why they increased the chocolate rations from two grams to three grams a week. And they are expecting you to believe with absolute, uh, with zero questioning that no, yes, in fact, the chocolate ration was increased from two grams to three grams a week. It wasn't reduced from five to three. No. And if you say that, they'll kill you. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you just say it because you don't want to die. You say it because you believe it. Mm-hmm. So at what point in this book, in this scenario, when you are asked to deny the smallest, how much truth is worth your life? You're a dad. Mm-hmm. You have children who depend on you. Mm-hmm. You have a wife who also depends on you. At what point, how much truth do you say, no, I will not deny that truth. Go ahead and kill me. This is a very hard question. I think Aquinas would say zero, like, uh, uh, has a zero yeah, tolerance. Yeah, I want to know what Adam Minahan says. I don't know. I don't, like, I think it's a tough question. I, mean, I also I, don't know. I, I don't know, like, at what point I cave. I, I, honestly, I, like, I'm... At, I like, agree with you that intellectually, I... I come to the belief intellectually mm-hmm. that the answer is zero truth. If you try to, if someone puts a piece of, like a blue piece of paper in front of me and they say, This is pink. This is pink. Like, like you should die for the fact that it says, that I say, No, that is not pink. Right, you it, go ahead and shoot me right now because there's, involved there's with all no this. way I'm saying that that piece of paper is pink. Right. Because there's you know? prudence involved with all this as well. Like, you know, like. Right. I know Thomas Aquinas would say that it's imprudent, that prudence dictates the truth. Yes, I would. I would. And that the truth. I'm not a Thomist. That the, but I think that the truth is absolutely valuable, and that, you know, I mean, I, that's that's David Niles' interpretation. Mm-hmm. So that that's it's that could very well be wrong, but 
Doubtful, but it could be. Doubtful. Right. I mean, let's be honest. I'm just right. saying that to be to be humble. Right. Uh, but it's something that I think everybody needs to confront. And every, In fact, this is why I... You remember when we did that episode on uh, Blessed... Uh, the guy I told you to watch that movie, A Quiet, uh, A Hidden Life. Mm-hmm. Have you Have you watched it yet, dude? Please watch it very soon because I want to talk to you about it. I told Father Cosgrove to watch it. He said like he cried through the whole thing. Where do, where do, where do I watch it? On Netflix or no? I'm sorry, on Amazon Prime. Okay, it might cost you like three dollars or something sure. to watch okay. it. Okay, but he said he he made like every priest in his diocese watch it. Okay. Um, I don't know the answer to your question though, but I think it's something that we need to we need to be ready to confront because I'm just whether a political climate or not, forget that. Every man needs to know where they stand. Where what is I want to I, I want to make sure that my kids like my my wife and my children know that I would take a stand for what I believe in. Yes. Now what I believe in. Uh, and what matters to me would dictate what I would be willing to die for or not. Like, what matters to me would dictate what I would die for. Like, I don't care if you think that this is pink. Like, I, I, dude, I agree with you. I would say, I would, it's like, oh, you want me to, you're going to kill me if I don't say that this blue piece of paper is pink. Right. Fine. I don't care. It's, It's pink. But the thing is, I get that. I would. I would definitely say, to save my life, for my children. If I was single, maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. I'd be like, you know what? I'm ready. This is a fast track to heaven. Yes. You know what? Yeah. I'm ready. Uh, no, dude, that's the bluest square I've ever. <laughs> it's the bluest page I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> there is no pink in this at all. Yeah. No, I don't. You know, know what I mean? Like, if I was single, I might do that. I don't but, know. All of a sudden, like, you know, when you have kids, you're, it changes the game. So anyway. Uh, it depends on like, again, I think it goes back to it's something what that I care about. You have about. to know as a man and especially as a dad. Like, okay, then you, then the, the counter argument would be like, okay, so you, do you care about the truth or not? It's like, yes, I care about the truth. Okay, well, then the, the square is blue. I know, I know, And dude. then it's like. Exactly. And I this is why I asked you. I have no idea. All I know is that. If someone puts a, a blue piece of paper in front of me, and I, for my life, I have to say it's pink, I will say it's pink. I know that that is a lie. I know that St. Thomas is going to be pissed at me, okay? <laughs> but I'm going to say it's pink. Like, I'm not going to die for a blue piece of paper, okay? But that is, it's a slippery, but I also that, know it's a slippery slope. Right. Where do I draw the line? Where? It, if it has anything to do with our faith. Because what if it's not? But what if all of a sudden it be? It's not about the faith, but it's about something that matters. How much? How much does it have to matter? Biology I, wise, right? Or I mean, like something like that, where I have yeah, to affirm some, you know, affirm something that's remote, has nothing to do with me, or whatever. I mean, like, are you gonna like? What if they said you either wear this uh, pride sticker? Or lose your job. I would lose my job. That is a tough call. I mean, yeah, it's easy, and it's easy, like right now here in the studio, to say that, right? Yeah, because, but, but be, yeah, it, it is. 
But you that's know, something I would do. And, and it, that, I mean, it's also easy for us to say because both you and I, Adam, have good jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, we're not going to run out of food tomorrow. You know what I mean? For, some, for somebody who's running out of food tomorrow, if they don't get paid today, you know, like some, if you're a, a bartender or, I mean, not that bartenders are poor, but people, there I are made, people. I made more money there than I did at half my jobs. That right. I, yeah, I made I made really good money waiting tables in college. I mean, not, wasn't as good as you know, having like a real job that I have now. Not that that's not a real job. That's not what I meant to say, but um, like, just yeah, exactly, a hole. Exactly. Just somebody turn this off. But, uh, <laughs> that we need to know how much does it matter? Right. Not because it's going to happen, but simply because we, that is something for self-reflection, mm. something that helps you be rooted in the truth. Something that helps you, it's, a, it's this virtue of fortitude. I know where I stand. I know, I know what I'm willing to sacrifice for. You know, this has gone on long enough, but I think it, it's just something I've been thinking about lately that I haven't come up with answers for. And it's something I think we all need to consider. We all need to ponder. Mm-hmm. Um, at, what point, uh, uh, at what point do I say, no, it would be better that my children grow up fatherless than for me to do blank? It's a tough, tough question. Tough one. All right, one. That's enough. Kill it.